Welcome back to another episode of Her Daily Drive, a podcast series designed to inspire women to find their daily drive in Jesus. Hear a range of testimonies and conversations with women of all ages about their journey, the struggles and the triumphs. I'm your host, Sarah, and I hope today's episode encourages you. Let's get started. first phone call interview. Now there are lots of ways you can do interviews over the phone that sound clearer. You set up all these programs and I thought, you know what? No, we're going to have a conversation with Bex together. Doesn't matter what device you listen to, it's going to be like you're on the phone call with her. And I love that idea. And Bex and I have decided that we're just going to totally embrace the whole phone call idea. So hi, Bex. Hello. I love that this has come about because you introduced your friend in Melbourne, is she, or is she in Sydney as well? She's in Melbourne. Melbourne, so you introduced her to her daily drive, and then she actually volunteered you to me to actually be interviewed. Yes, she did. (laughs) So if there's any other listeners out there that want to volunteer their friends as tribute, you can send me an email or a Facebook message, because that would be great. So Bex, there are three types of people in the world. Those who love to create meals, those who love to enjoy them, and those who couldn't care less about food, but love to gather around the table with friends and family. So I feel like we can't go wrong with this segment, Meals and Memories. So thinking back over your life, Bex, what has been a favourite meal you've either created or enjoyed and why is it so memorable? Seven years ago, probably a few months into dating my husband, I was a poor student doing my master's, struggling in Sydney, trying to make things meet. And I spent about four months saving up for a big meal at Key, which is like one of the top restaurants in Sydney and it's hundreds of dollars. And I kept it a huge surprise from him. We arrived at the door and he was in hospitality at the time and he was just absolutely blown away and we had the best time and seven years later we still talk about that meal. Before we dive into the topic, can you tell us a bit about your journey so far? I grew up in New Zealand and I moved to Sydney 10 years ago and I've been married for just over five years. Very loving and supportive husband, family and in-laws and I'm currently in a positive work environment following my passion. However, I have battled depression on and off since my early teenage years, so that's been around 20 years Mm. and being kind to myself is something I have learned through this journey. I have found that it is imperative to my mental health and well-being. And that's the topic you're going to talk to us today about is actually being kind to yourself. Yes, that is. Why do you think being kind to ourselves is such an important topic in today's society? A lot of people feel outside pressure and inside pressure to perform, to get things Mm. right, to have it all, and to be in control in the different spheres of our lives. For some people, though, this is not sustainable. It's unhealthy. It creates stress and worry and comparison and judgment, and it can negatively contribute to mental illness. As Katie talked about in a recent podcast on comparison, social media really heightens this pressure too. And I also think easy access to the 24-7 news cycle and other media channels do as well. We're seeing more and more coverage of others' successes over the globe, and we're more likely to see and know the successes of our past and present peers. I teach film and television and we've just done all these assessments about how the media is so influential in our lives and how it actually changes our thought patterns. Oh yeah, absolutely. 
Bex, what's your personal experience with this topic? My experience with this topic initially comes from how I grew up and it manifested in two main ways. I know my mum is going to listen to this, so now I feel bad, but I have high-achieving parents. So, for example, they just competed in the World Masters Rowing Championships at the age of 60 and 61, and they won quite a few silver and bronze medals. That is just their hobby, which they do in their spare time. That is not even their work profession. So I, too, have always wanted to achieve and be successful in all that I do, and I have other family members who are high achievers. But I kind of think you get the picture from Mm -hmm. one aspect of my parents' lives, what it's like. My siblings and I also grew up in a Christian environment where we were also expected to be very good and behave well as moral people, which is not a bad thing at all. but I morphed this expectation into an unhealthy way as an adult. So, of course, I have been unable to fulfill all the expectations I've created for myself over the years and my career, relationships and friendships and exercise and in how I behave as a follower of Christ. I have felt that I've constantly let myself and let God down and this has brought forth huge amounts of self-judgment. This is not good for a person with a mental illness. To suffer from a debilitating illness where at times I've not been able to get out of bed for weeks and not being able to Mm. function in day-to-day living, judging myself on top of that and telling myself that I'm a failure as a person has not been very helpful and it only exacerbated the depression. I would constantly beat myself up for lying to someone or hurting a friend, for making a mistake, for not getting the job or being unemployed or just not making it in general. I would tell myself that I was not the person I had planned to be. I would tell myself off for not being able to get over my depression and tell myself off for the depression to keep resurfacing every few years. And I would keep my struggles a secret so that no one would know and no one then would be able to judge me also. The self-judgment entrapped me and it also affected my belief in God. To me, his divine judgment or conviction felt awful and it felt like condemnation. I would constantly feel guilty towards God for all that I did or did not do. The reason I love that you're talking about this is because mental depression is actually growing and a lot of people experience it. But not only that, even people that don't experience, we all experience self-judgment. Like we all judge ourselves because of the media, like what you said before. Absolutely. Or friendships. That was a big thing too, actually, at the height of when I was going through depression was a couple of years ago. The last big bout was, yeah, other people my age. I was looking at them and going, they've made it. They're so successful successful in what they're doing in their passion and career and just being like oh, I want that to be me <laughs> mm, yeah comparison's yeah. huge how did things yeah. change for you during that season when I was at my last big bout I went to see a new Christian GP and a new Christian psychologist and they both really began to speak into my life about being kind to myself and letting go of self-judgment as I went on this journey with them I began to open myself up more to God and listen to him about being kind and loving to myself too and over the past five months especially things have just started to click I've noticed a huge change and have far more peace acceptance and freedom in my life so I just wanted to yeah, share a few things I've found helpful in changing my perspective, learning to love myself and reducing my self-judgment. And I love that you've included these practical things that we can take. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, this is what really helped. So when you are full of a negative emotion, whether that be guilt, despair, sadness, anguish, or worry, just let it wash over you and not be afraid of this emotion. I often 
used to try to fight it, compact it into a box or push it away. This does not work. It keeps Mm. coming back. And just recognize your emotion is there and let it flow out. These emotions are a normal part of life and they will happen in response to situations you are in. I do want to say, though, if you are experiencing these things, especially sadness for, you know, two weeks or more, definitely go see your GP because that is not normal. When you're doing something that you don't like, observe yourself, step outside of yourself and keep observing yourself, watch what's going on. You may have to do this for a while, then think about what may be causing you to do it or feel like this. Give yourself grace, be kind to yourself as you're observing yourself, then think about the ways you can replace this behavior, action or thoughts. I like to treat it as a science experiment by trial and error, so it just takes that pressure off. And the most important thing in this process is not to judge yourself. I often invite the Holy Spirit to be part of these processes with me. As the Spirit sees everything, He can give added insight into these processes that I would not get on my own. Often I will struggle and try to work it out for a few hours and click finally that it's not working and just be quiet in whatever activity I'm doing. If I can get away, I will go to the bathroom at work and invite Him to be with me and sit quietly with me in this worry or emotion and let His journey gentleness just wash over me. Finally, just a kind of word of wisdom that I learned from my psychologist. I remember saying to her, you know, but that's how I am. That's how I drive myself to be successful. And I still want to be successful. And she said to me, your behavior served you well in the past, but it doesn't anymore. It's actually detrimental to your success now. And that was a huge light bulb moment to know that there are other ways to thrive other than what I've trained myself to do. And now I feel I'm growing and thriving more and in a more holistic healthy way since I've changed this behavior and whenever I come into a person who has the same previous behavioral trait uh, and like going back to see my family in New Zealand Mm -hmm. instead of starting to feel like that oh I've got to get back to that and then I start feeling really stressed and anxious again I remind myself that that doesn't work for me anymore but it could be what works for them and just being accepting of that. Does God have a perspective on this topic? I really experienced God's perspective on this topic one morning when I was on the bus to work and reading a chapter of Nancy Beach's book, Gifted to Lead. Mm. She was talking about comparison. And as I read, I really felt in my heart God letting me know that I needed to stop comparing myself with people. The way God said it was just so encouraging and freeing. I felt this huge joy and this release of burdens. And then I just realized that this is what God's conviction is. Rather than the guilt and judgment I thought I was feeling from him in situations I became more excited actually more excited that I had found what God's real voice was in these situations and it's far more loving than I anticipated and it opened the doors for me to realize how much he loves me and us and cares about our whole well-being how his convictions bring life and freedom and not death how they're so supportive and how he sees the whole picture and this also helped me to treat myself in the same way And as you were going through that time, were there any Bible verses or inspirational stories that got you through? 
one verse in particular, it comes from Jeremiah 31 verses 3 to 5, but there's this one sentence that I just loved. And God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. And then to remind me that God's word brings life is in Proverbs 4, 20 to 23. Give your attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. And just even just meditating on the death and resurrection of Jesus and the grace he so readily offers us. Because we often don't just stop and think about it too, like what it actually meant for him to die and rise again for us. And actually stopping and thinking about that is a powerful thing. Yeah, and actually realizing how powerful that is in your own life. Before we finish today, do you have any final words of encouragement for our listeners? Remember that being kind and loving to yourself will give you more freedom, peace and encouragement amid any struggle you are in. Know that you are fully loved just as you are in God's eyes. And I think as we learn this, it also helps us to judge others less and meet them with love and understanding too. Well, Bex, thank you so much for chatting to us today all the way from Sydney on the podcast. It's great to be encouraged and inspired to be kind to ourselves because we are loved beyond measure by God. So thank you so much. My pleasure. It was awesome. Until next time, I hope you have a wonderful week.